0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live on this fabulous Friday for the best little parenting show on the internet. I hope you guys are all doing wonderful this evening. Um, I want to plug these books real quick. Oops, that isn't. I was looking at this to get my brain clicking, but this is a great book, but not one I was going to promote, but what the heck? Beyond Consequences, Logic, and Control, one of the very first books that Brian was a part of. He and Heather Forbes co-authored that. I think you can still get that book on the internet, um, on Amazon. (laughs) It's a great book, not what I intended to promote, but hey, since we're here, right? Uh, I meant to grab this one, uh, From Fear to Love. You can pick that up at feartolovebook.com, as well as Amazon and postinstitute.com. The Accompanied Workbook that I've been telling you all about is available in print format on Amazon only. Um, We will have it in-house in the next couple of months that we can order straight from PostInstitute.com. And hang on. Mm -hmm. Here we go. The Great Behavior Breakdown. Uh, You can get this on Amazon and also at PostInstitute.com. I had somebody recently approach me and say... I know you guys talk about the Fear to Love book so much, but I read this one, and this is my absolute favorite. And so I thought I felt like that was really important to um, pass along. Um, one thing about the one thing that's different between the two books, um, from Fear to Love, I think is like one of the greatest starter books you could ever read, because of how it's written. The chapters are really short. Um, There are bullet points at the end of each chapter, and it helps you get a really great, super solid introduction into understanding the effects of trauma and understanding um, some of the most frequent behaviors that parents see and experience challenges. Oh, my God, my pastor Kendrick Oakley is watching me. no, I'm nervous, <laughs> but anyway, nah, I feel the love, man, I feel the love, it's so good to see you, thank you for tuning in, so I, I'm, we're always talking about From Fear to Love, but I really want to encourage you guys to check this book out, because it does, what it does is it goes deeper, so this would be kind of like our, our 101, our 101 trauma-informed book, and then this would be taking it to another level, And so if you're ready to go to another level, um, this really, um, I think it really pours into um, more details to help you all in your journey. But you know, like we were talking last night, it's one thing, you can have knowledge, but getting that knowledge from here into your mind-body system and then into your activities, into your daily routines, into your daily interactions, is a whole nother ball game. So, you know, we were talking about last night, if we know better, we do better. It's really a lot more than just knowing because we can have knowledge of a lot of things and continue to, um, to be kind of messy out there. Uh, Kendrick says, we appreciate you and what you do. And I appreciate you as well. A ton. Um, pa- uh, Kendrick is my pastor and also a great spiritual, personal spiritual leader as well. Um, and, uh, Anyway, I'm honored that he's joining in today. So my topic today, hey Mimi and my, my uh, former mother-in-law, it's sad it's, it's weird to say that because she's like, I don't know, we need a different name for our relationship, Mimi, because I love you to pieces and I know you love me and Marley, so it's so good to have you tuned in. God, I've got a lot of folks tonight. So my topic, the highly defended child, let's get into it. Um, When I say the highly defended child... Um, that's the child that many people use the term uncoachable. Ugh, that just hurts my heart to say that uncoachable, unteachable. You guys know it's, uh, it's that situation where like every time you're making a request or you're trying to teach them how to do something, you get, uh, just a whole lot of, a whole lot of talk back, you know, um, a whole lot of sort of, they already know everything. They already know everything. They already know everything. It's like, um, in fact, I think I've probably said that before to a couple of kids. um, Because honestly, um, I I tend to get kind of direct about things. I'm like, so, you know, obviously, you already know everything. So I'm just going to shut up, (laughs) and because that's what it feels like. Their message that you know, when you're catching all of that, um, sort of, I already know everything. um, What that, what that really is about, is just their anxiety. It's about anxiety. And They're locked up in their brain, but it just comes out as all this kind of chatter, chatter, chatter about how they already know or it should be done a different way or I don't need to do it like that or it doesn't have to be done right now. The teacher didn't say blah, blah, blah. It's just a lot of mm, like, you know, that that's the reason why people get that feeling of they're not coachable or they're not teachable. So what I have found many times to be true, there's several things. One piece is it's anxiety, it's fear that's driving that behavior. All behavior arises from a state of stress. Between the state of stress and the behavior are two primary emotions, love or fear. So when you have a child in your presence that feels like that highly defended child, you're covering up hurt. That's right, Rebecca, it's coming from a place of fear and so um sometimes you have to give a task and walk away sometimes you have to find an avenue to do the task with them without um over instructing i know um i've got a lot of kids in my world who have been like this and trying to stay in relationship is really the most important thing and so what i realized this came from a conversation i had with my son And i realized that when i would be giving him instruction about something he interpreted that as if i thought he was stupid which is so far from the truth so far from how i see him i suspect that would be transference i suspect that that highly defended place is coming from a place of deep insecurity. It's kind of like when you think about bullying, right underneath bullying behavior is a tremendous amount of insecurity. So it's coming from a place of insecurity. It's coming from a place of fear. The more we can work to bring down the anxiety and the fear, developing trusting, safe relationships, then the more they're going to be able to accept instruction or direction. What I find happens usually, even when you have really good relationships, because I'm thinking about these people that I have in my life, and that is the style of relating for them. And both of these kids that I'm thinking of actually lived in families for a period of time or grew up in families where being right held great value like literally adults would argue with children about being right and whoever was right about something and it could be anything you could be arguing over the link of a garden hose what the football score was who won the championship and blah 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 and this idea that whoever's right is somehow superior was a theme in their family dynamic and so if that is a family dynamic you can imagine how that sort of defended nature is a big blueprint at the brain level. So there's a lot of little pieces that get plugged in when you think about the highly defended child, the the child that you think may be uncoachable, unteachable. We have to get behind the lens. We have to work on relationship first. And even when relationship is in place, when you come to make that request or you come to give those instructions, Just like we have our own sort of habitual ways of relating, it's a very habitual way of relating. And so they're going to say whatever they're going to say. And it may just be time for us as parents to be like, oh, well, that's interesting. And if you can get it done that way, that's fine. Uh, It's not really about how you do it as long as it gets done. Maybe walk away and leave them with the task. Or maybe you give them the task and you say, and if you need help, just let me know or maybe you do it with them and let them just watch. The the point being that this is not permanent and fixed and underneath it it's you know once we get underneath the behavior there's something else going on and when we can be in those close relationships we'll have our finger more on the pulse of what it is that's going on underneath that. The world out there is really quick get frustrated with these kids very very quick to get very frustrated with them so these kids really need our help because they're going to hopefully be more understood in the family dynamic and hopefully if we can create enough safety and security in the relationships within the family dynamic that will help ease some of their fear when they're out there in the world but remember that 10, 20, 10, the 20 minutes when they come back from being out there is really important because they have been challenged at every level. They've been super stimulated. They maybe have felt judged. They may, they may do well in that environment of being out in a way, but it's still very taxing. So using things like 10, 20, 10, like we talked about, helps build at the brain level in a way that it's like you're circumventing you're not actually addressing something head on you're kind of going back door about it also just to say this um cuz i mentioned this the other night but sometimes you're going to get that because that's a way for them to be relating to you like they haven't developed more uh sort of sophisticated ways of uh being in relationship and so if they're not arguing with you are you are you engaged with them? like is the argument is the defendedness the only way that they really feel you being present and really engaged? I noticed. A pattern like that with my son when he got older that it was felt sort of like the only time we were really conversing was when we were arguing and so then i had to take responsibility for that and start creating opportunities for he and i to get back into relating hanging out together being um, plugged in interested and invested in each other's lives starting with me being interested and invested in his life beyond me giving him instructions about things he needed to be doing so i think it it can really be um, something that can easily happen because that defended style of relating can be something that sort of causes us unconsciously to push away and so it may take extra effort for us to go in and lay on our child's bed and watch them play their game or watch them play t- watch TV, I noticed um, with my nephew, because he has tends to have that style of relating that if I'll go in and hang out with him for 15 or 30 minutes and then go do other things and then come back in like 30 minutes or so and ask him to do something, I have much more flexibility from him because we've had connection before I started trying to give direction. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. And so I want you just to let it all percolate. If you have a highly defended child, a child who tends to be argumentative in their style of relating, thinking of think of it more as their anxiety, think of it more as fear, think of it more about insecurity and think about how can I get into relationship with this child outside of all these times that we're arguing. So that way, I know that we aren't using arguing as our means, our only means of communication. Vicki says, correction before direction, amen. Rebecca said, oh yes, bids for connection can look very different. Yes, they can, they can look very different. I can remember one time saying to my son, I'm in there in the kitchen doing whatever and he comes in and I don't even know, know, it's like, yeah, there's so many occasions. And finally, I looked at him like, do you want to argue? Well, let's just pick a topic. And, you know, and so then it became like this funny little game where we could just kind of almost like play fight to pretend we're going to argue about something that's very nonsensical because that was a way that we were highly engaged. And so just, you know, put on that noticing lens, just looking really close, getting underneath the surface of the behavior, understand that the behavior serves a purpose and the purpose of that highly defended behavior is it can it gives them a chance to adjust it's keeping in it's keeping in relationship it's vying for connection as uh as rebecca said so there's a lot of different pieces to give consideration to but the one one thing that i've consistently said that's going to help is being in relationship outside of that paradigm outside of that dynamic And when we do that, then we begin to create new ways for them to relate with us. So I hope there's something in that for you guys. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, I hope that at some point this evening, if you've not already set everything aside that you've been doing, that you've been fussing about, stressing about, trying to get accomplished, trying to get done before the weekend or whatever that mind state may be, press pause on all the racing thoughts. And go enjoy your babies. Go enjoy them whatever that looks like. I, and I want I want to make a confession. I realized last night that when I've talked to you about this, I've mentioned things like you know, snuggle up on the couch and watch TV, color pictures together, do an art project, maybe bake something, um, go build some Legos. And I realized that my paradigm, has to do with the fact that my daughter's mobile by wheelchair and those are things that we enjoy doing together. But please do not limit to that. Go take a walk. Go shoot some hoops. Get a Nerf ball and throw it around. um, Play cup ball and, you know, we can have inside cup ball games. uh, Wrestle Our kids love wrestling. There are so many beautiful benefits in the relationship paradigm when we wrestle around. We'll do a daily dose on that topic soon. But the point being that they need to experience being in relationship with you outside of us just always teaching them with our words and directing them in what they ought to be doing. That they need to see the love we have for them shine from our eyes They need to feel it coming from our heart. And the way to do that is just set everything else aside for a while and just go play. Get into their world and just play and enjoy them. And remember what Brian tells us. In any given moment, we can act out of the blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. I hope you have a blessed night, a beautiful weekend, and we'll see you all on Monday.